Holly G with the Golf Insiders. In today's segment for your game, she's one of our favorites. LPGA Top 50 Best Teacher and a Hall of Famer and Golf Digest 50 Best Women Teachers in America. She's won so many awards, we don't have enough time. But it is always a pleasure to have Kay McMahon, author, speaker, and swing instructor extraordinaire spend a few minutes with us on the Golf Insiders. Hello, Kay. Holly, you always make me smile with that introduction. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, too. Well, you know, I love a lot of things about you, Kay. Um, most importantly, for those that may have not heard about your approach to the game, you developed something called Golf 8.5 and it's a way that you have made learning the game simpler you love that case simple i don't like having a hundred post-it notes when i've come away from a golf lesson no offense to all the great instructors out there and i've worked with many but you really have come up with something, Kay, that works, and it works whether you're, you know, a beginner or a very skilled amateur player like myself. <laughs> uh, because you've taught me so much about the game since we've started working together. So share with my listeners about Golf 8.5. Well, it, it's been fun working with you on your golf game, and, and I'm glad that you increased your knowledge we're all learning all the time but golf 8.5 is i've studied the golf swing for so many years and realized that it, many golfers had 1001 things to do in 1.2 seconds as you said like little post-it notes they went out and played so i went back to my college days of physical education and my background in kinesiology and um just decided that we need to make it simple for people to get better and it's really called chunking and we learn things, we have a 300% retention level if we do things in little chunks, which means, um, so the Golf 8.5 basically stands for this. There's lots of things in the golf swing that can happen, but by doing our eight and a half things, all that stuff happens without people having to think about it. So there's only four things you do before the swing, and there's only going to be four and a half things you do in the swing, so therefore that adds up to eight and a half things total. But it'll be like a little checklist that you do uh, like going to the grocery store. Once I get my milk and eggs, that's done. Right. Which means that the, the four things you do before the swing are we call what we call G-cap, like the cap on your head. Uh, the G will stand for first you have to grip the club, then you set the club head on the ground, that's the C, then you align your feet, and then posture happens automatically. So many people get over the top of the golf ball and they've got all this stuff going on in their head. So we've built a pre-shot routine for people but that most people set their feet down first, then set the club, and then put their grip on it. So everything's done out of order. So you have to like setting the table for dinner. You can't put the plate down and then the placemat. So you first have to grip the club up in the air, just like the pros do. Then they step in, set the club on the ground, they align their feet, and they're automatically in their posture position. So we haven't taught posture in the last 15 to 18 years because it happens automatically. So that's the whole pre-shot routine, and, and if people only did that, they actually save time on the golf course because they're not sitting over the golf ball forever. 
Yeah, I love that. That um, you know, literally, it it helps speed up your play, and like you said, gives you that simple routine. And I've watched you work with so many students, and really, they you know they start looking like professionals just by simply getting them in the right uh, pre posture routine. Right, and it's really how they the, the order of how they do it. Most people put their their hands on the club with the club on the ground and then the club gets up in their palm and they don't have very good control of it. So by having them pick the club up in the air and having the club head right in front of their face, they're actually then seeing how the leading edge needs to be square to the ground. Then they step in, set the club on the ground, and then they set their feet. So it's really the order of how something has to happen. And it happens that way from the putter all the way through to the driver. So I, and I want to emphasize that it's the putter all the way through the driver. But then in the swing, actually improve their swing everybody always talks about you know the golf ball keep your head down keep your eye on the golf ball well the thing that's first moving is not the ball the thing that's actually moving and you're moving is the club so we want to talk about where the club has to be and how to move the club properly so we talk about we have four and a half positions in the golf swing the takeaway the top of the swing then we talk about 2.5 is what technically people talk about is retaining the angle lag and that's what actually gives you more distance rather than necessarily um, a whole bunch of speed. And then the follow-through, which is your extension point, and then the finish. And if you do those four things and then we blend them, we have a classic-looking swing, and you actually have better ball contact. And you've seen it happen, many people. Yes, I, I've really watched you in you know an hour-and-a-half lesson of uh, People that have, you know, never picked up a club look like they have a classic swing. What I also like about your uh, process is that, especially with those, you know, the four pre-swing elements, the other thing I think people get, um, you know, all in their head about is how far they are away from the ball. And, you know, you speak about how we set the club down as amateurs and then sort of do the penguin walk up to the, up to the ball. Uh, but, you, you know, you just eliminate so many things, like you said, unnecessary mental thoughts that, you know, allow you to just step in and swing. Well, you're right. Um, people, the number one question I get asked all the time is how far do I stand from the ball? And I say, well, I can't give you a standard answer because you have 14 different clubs that are different lengths and everybody has a different arm length. So we talk about how each club is designed. And if you set the club down as it's designed in an iron, the handle slightly ahead, and in, in a, what we used to call a wood and now a metal, the handle slightly behind. So if you set down the club in our G-cap system, first it's gripped, then the club head, you're stepping in, setting the club head on the ground, and then you set your feet. Not only is the distance taken care of, but your ball position is taken care of, and your posture is taken care of, and your alignment's taken care of. So you've just eliminated four things that you really had to consciously think about. And that's what actually simplifies it so much. People, when they first do it, find it a little hard because they've kind of changed the order of things. But after they do it, maybe even a dozen times, they then can't not do it. They have to do it every time they set up. And it, it just it, it's remarkable how fast it really works. You have another unique um, way of helping golfers, you know, improve their game on the course. And you talk about personal pars. 
Can you uh, share with my listeners what that strategy is all about? Well, it's the first way I broke 90 a long time ago when I decided that 9 times 5 was 45. So everybody talks about it as bogey golf. But really what it is is you want it to set reasonable goals that's for, for your game. And I can talk about the pros. And they actually play with personal pars too. But theirs is a little different in the fact that we normally say par for a golf course is 72. And all par means is how long is a golf hole. Um, so par 72, the pros can basically reach all the par fives in two. So that means their par really on a golf course would be 68. So amateurs really need to set their own personal pars. And if I said, let's just say you want to shoot 90, we would add one to each par. So your par should be fours, fives, and sixes. And people, what it does is it changes your strategy of how you want to play it and it breaks it up into little numbers so that you then can reach your your green in your regulation. Uh, with two putts, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I would imagine, too, this also, although some uh, men in particular might not like to hear this, playing the correct tees, Kay. Sh- share a correct. little bit about that and how you really should choose the best tee to play from. Well, this is an example. When I first turned professional, I played on a men's mini tour, men's and women's mini tour. And when we took practice round, the guys would say to me, okay, we're going to probably play from the back tees when we really have to play, but today let's play from the red tees. Now, these are professional men. So we would play from the very, very forward tees, and they would say to me, now, Kate, this is how you're going to learn how to score better. You're going to think that you can birdie every hole. Then the next practice round, we'd play from the way, way back tees, and they'd say, we'd say, okay, okay, this is how you're going to learn how to hit it longer. Then when I actually played the tournament, I played from, let's say, the middle tees or the white tees. I actually really, in my head, said I could almost birdie every hole, and I actually could then learn how to hit it longer. So I think it's, I think people should really, no matter their skill level, play from different tees because the, the closer you get to it, you're going to get the idea that you can score in every hole. And so, yes, it, it should. That's a, the way the game should be played. Is that you should be able to hit your green in regulation of whatever your personal part would be. But it's it's great playing all three sets of tees, and I learned that playing on a men's mini tour a long time ago. Gotta love that. I think we've gotten, uh, you know, probably the biggest disservice we did to golf was, you know, black tees, blue tees, red tees. Um, you know, in terms of really like they do over in uh, Scotland, right? You know, you play based on the yardage and um, and they tell you where to go play from. That's absolutely correct. And I think the biggest disservice we, we did was calling it ladies, men's, and pro tees. They should be called, you know, like red, white, and blue or <laughs> yellow, purple, and pink. Yeah, or, or, or specifically, you know, assigned to your scoring, right? not even necessarily handicap, but maybe your average score. Right. Or what you could, you could actually, I think do is, is take your average length of what you get your driver and say, these would be recommended tees that you should play this, this, this hole from here. Um, I did have one golf course that I thought had an interesting way of doing it. And this was to save on um, the maintenance because they only had three sets of tee markers, but on the scorecard, they had six different um, layouts. 
so that you could then vary the, the length of the hole depending on where you wanted to play. So you didn't have to six, six cents of tee markers on, on the golf course, but you had it on your scorecards because of the different yardages that you could play. So I thought that was a very wise way to do it. Absolutely. So, Kay, there are many ways now to take golf lessons, um, you know, from the traditional go to a driving range. Um, now, you know, we have so many, uh, not only golf studios, but you have, uh, you know, the big box stores like PGA Tour Superstore that has indoor lessons, um, you know, People like yourself who have gone to online lessons, especially in the midst of uh, uh, the coronavirus. And, um, you know, this is proving to be an extremely, extremely effective way to take golf lessons, right? I mean, I remember the first time I, you know, suggested an indoor lesson getting laughed at and, uh, you know, how absolutely fantastic it was. Uh, but, you know, how, how do our listeners go about, you know, getting the most out of a lesson and, you know, uh, getting, getting the best, best lesson possible out there? Well, you bring up a lot of factors in taking lessons. Let me see if I can just address a couple. I think an indoor simulator lesson is very good uh, for a couple of reasons. Is you sometimes take ball flight out of it. Now, there's a lot of technology that now you get all these numbers in front of you, et cetera, et cetera, which sometimes for most amateurs, a lot of the numbers don't mean very much, but it does take the ball flight out of it. So it does help you focus on your swing or what you and the club are doing first, which I think are very good. Um, we are doing uh, online uh, webinars, but we're also doing online lessons where I'm actually um, speaking to you live while you're on the range. Um, it's not quite as good as being in person only because I can't get my hands on you. But because of COVID, I can't get my hands on you anyway. So right. <laughs> it, things have changed rapidly. Um, but one thing I could recommend that I think most amateurs should really probably do, and I even say this on our website, is call up the, the professional that you're thinking of taking a lesson from and, and interview them, ask them some questions or find out what their philosophy is. The second thing I would suggest is before you get to a lesson, get there early, make sure that you're warmed up, but also have a specific thing of what you would like to basically accomplish in, in a lesson so that you have some specific goals of what you're doing. And then the third thing I would say is that if the instructor says something that you don't understand or can't even do, please stop them and ask them to explain it. We have found that if you come from a point of understanding what you're trying to do, you have a better chance of trying to do it. So those would be my three key points of really of, of how to take a lesson. Um, the fourth thing would be after you get done. I have many of these people that do this. They, they sit down afterwards for 15 minutes and they have their own notebook and they take notes of what was said. So they're putting it in their handwriting and what they've learned, actually. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And also, uh, Kay, something that you've done, which has become extremely popular amongst all your students, is you literally have a half hour Q&A every Friday by Zoom. And uh, it's a chance for you know, amateurs to ask questions. Uh, it's very interactive. Uh, you know, you get real scenarios from you know, golfers, whether you know, they've run into into a situation in their 
you know, member member tournament or their league event. Um, you know, recently we were talking about how you play in the rain, and it's just a super interesting, um, you know, in, enthusiastic half hour, and I highly recommend it to my listeners. Uh, first to check out Golf 8.5, Education Golf, which is E-D-U-K-A-Y-T-I-O-N golf.com. And, um, you know, Kay, I know you've got a, a lot of uh, great fall uh, webinars coming up that uh, you want to share? We do. Well, I think you just to comment on the Q&A with Kay on Fridays, it's free. Um, I started it during the COVID thing because nobody, everybody wanted to talk about golf and everybody was home. It, we titled it, the subtitle was everything you wanted to ask about golf or were afraid to ask. Um, so what I found very interesting is I've gotten great reviews from the people. They absolutely love it. If they can't make it, they want me to send them the Zoom calls afterwards. Um, they can't wait to get on it. And we have everyone from a two handicap all the way up to uh, somebody that doesn't have a handicap, a pure beginner, and they absolutely love them. So anybody that ever wants to get on it, all they have to do is email my name, K-A-Y, at educationgolf.com, and then I will be glad to send you the link. And it's the same link that goes on every Friday morning. from It's Eastern's time from 9 o'clock until um, 9.30, which we may have to make a little later for our West Coast people. But um, it's, it's fascinating because of the things that I learn that amateurs actually want to share with each other. So um, it's, it's just very good. So um, I'm, And Holly, you add so much to it when you're on, too. Um, we get so many different perspectives. It's just absolutely great. Yeah, you got you know some of your uh, fellow instructors on there. You've brought some uh, LPGA players on. Uh, you frequently will have some guest uh, guest uh, yeah. uh, speakers. You're right. uh, well, yeah, yeah we had uh, a physical therapist, one of the best in the country on, and that was well received. Uh, we're going to have some other um, LPGA to former tour players. Um, so we're gonna have guests occasionally, um, but it, it's very interactive, and uh, I just uh, yeah. So stay tuned, and if people want to find out about it, the easiest way to also go is my uh, my website is which is as you spell it, education golf with K A Y in the middle of educationgolf.com. Okay, always a pleasure to spend time with you, and um, golf is simple, and golf eight point five proves it. As always, thank you so much for spending some time and sharing your great words of wisdom. K. McMahon, thank you. Thank you, Holly G. Likewise.